keep Rayman Digital on the air by pledging to our Patreon page. Uh, your continued support allows us to continue to make great content and offer even better features in the future. Help us keep the lights on in the studio by pledging one to ten dollars a month. Go to patreon.com slash Rainman Digital to pledge. Warning from the back to tank contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue. We would be honored if you would join us. Workups on your condition indicate that all damage has been reversed. Recovery is total. I believe you have been quite fortunate. No further thanks are necessary, Commander, but you are most welcome. It is my function and pleasure as a matter of royal to help and heal human beings. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Right. Hello, welcome everyone to Star Wars from the Back to Tank, the Bad Batch edition. I am Michael Flores, your host, and in the studio with me today, as per usual, is David Sabal. Hello. Hello there. All right, so today you and I will be discussing Bad Batch, Season 1, Episode 6, titled Decommissioned. Now, this episode was another fairly simple episode, I'd say. However, the writers the geniuses that they are are sprinkling bits of relevant or relevant tidbits throughout the episode yeah i personally dig this formula so far for this series it feels very similar to the later seasons of clone wars uh, and of course star wars rebels now i know clone wars did that whole three four story arc thing you know, that ran through multiple episodes, you know, three, four episodes. Yeah. There's one story, but they still did these, these, these myth arcs where you would have four five, six episodes that weren't necessarily directly relating to the bigger story, but they never kept us away from more than one episode from something relevant. Yes. And that's what they're doing with this series as well. And listen, don't reinvent the wheel. If it worked for Filoni and Clone Wars and it worked in Rebels and it didn't work in Resistance because they threw they didn't out. Do, they didn't do that well, at all in Resistance. Well, they threw out the playbook and I, I actually think Justin Ridge ate the script. <laughs> I think that's what he did. <laughs> you know, I think so too. Yeah. His crafty table was just all the scripts. And he would just eat them and then throw them up and then try to make heads or tails of the words. And he'd be like, like this page goes here. <laughs> it's like, I, I have to say that basically, yes, this, I agree with you. This episode, we get just a little bit more. However, it did feel for me at this point, it feels a little slow. So I'm hoping that it picks up. I'm hoping that basically by the next episode, we really get more and more um, reveals of information that is needed. Because, like, honestly, when you take take a look at what, what they did here, they continued the slow march, the slow march on their stories about, number one, Wrecker. Yeah. The stuff that's going on with Wrecker, and it's getting worse. So I appreciate that they showed that it's starting to get worse. He's starting to hear the voices. Yeah. And then, see, so they're not taking us 
away from the bigger story for yeah. very long. They're reminding us. They're reminding us at this point. Yeah, and listen, I like the classic Star Wars escapism mixed with those relevant breadcrumbs pertaining to the bigger story. It works. We also saw not just Wrecker almost, you know, shit the bed here, but we also saw the return of Trace and Rafa Martez. Yes. And it looks like they might end up having a bigger role in the ever-expanding Star Wars mythos. Personally, I thought we were done with them after Clone Wars. However, with how the episode ended, it does actually make sense for them to be a part of the story. Well, yeah, because like Filoni is not going to just come up with characters and throw them away. He's going to come back to them. It may take him years like in the past, but nowadays he is going to go into his wheelhouse and basically say, "Okay, I brought in these characters. I'm going to bring them back. I'm going to basically use them. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. You don't get a new bag of tools and just let it sit for seven years. Seven years. Without ever using them. Like, he's going to use the things he sets up. Yeah. And as we know, he has been working on Bad Batch for quite some time. And for all we know, he always originally, his original plan was always to bring in Trace and Rafa into the story. And that's why he introduced them in Clone Wars. I think so. And yes, the characters had a lot more to do. The character, it wasn't necessarily about them. It was more about Ahsoka and how they perceived her as a Jedi. Yes. Which we will get into in a moment here. Then we also got more Sid. Yes. I don't know if I trust that person. I want to correct myself because I thought Sid was a was a returning character. I actually found out that brand new character. Okay. So now and- is it a male or a female or are we supposed to not know? Is it non-gender specific? Because sometimes it seems like a woman. Yeah. And sometimes. Seems like a man. Seems like a man. Yeah. Do you think they're doing that purposely? I think they're doing it purposely because just to actually emphasize the fact also, I notice, especially in Star Wars and the last couple of things, they've really tried to push this idea that aliens can be anything. Yeah. Which, Al- which makes you know, sense. Makes sense. Yeah. So. Coming up with a, a brand new character like Sid and leaving it ambiguous and not forcing it, you know, just basically focusing on this is her character. Yeah. It's not about what gender she is or he is. It's just about her, the, the, the characteristics, you know, that's why I really like that moment when Sid takes the bow from, from uh, Omega and just basically plasters three three arrows really fast yeah because it it shows that this character knows what she's doing or it's doing it sets a tone it sets a tone for the fact that they quickly show that she has some skills with weapons it does change the tone very quick and it makes you look at sit a little differently and obviously that's what the writers want wanted to do they want the audience to realize that this is someone you you Probably don't want to mess with. Yeah. Especially since the Bad Batch obviously is actually delving into more of that scum and villainy part of Star Wars that, you know, we all love and cherish. Right. So like those characters are needed. You know, you're you're treading you're treading in an area that me and you have always harped on about like the crime syndicates and the bounty hunter guilds, all that stuff. Those are the type of characters that we expect to see. In this type of story, because like the thing I really like that it didn't dawn on me till this episode, the theme of the bad batch 
having to come to the terms with the fact that they're not soldiers anymore. They're not. So you see that in the storytelling that basically they, they try to, they try to do what we all as Clone Wars fan expect them as soldiers, but instead they have to do the mercenary thing. They have to act the bounty hunter. They have to do the swashbuckling. Well, and also they don't really know how to. Exactly. And I like that. They are a bit lost. They're they're almost like a fish out of water. They're not quite sure what to do. However, I did like what Hunter said this episode when he specifically mentioned that they oppose the Empire. They alluded to the fact he didn't say I oppose the Empire, but you get the fact that's not necessarily about the inhibitor chips. Like, yes, the inhibitor inhibitor chips aren't a good thing. They don't like that they were implanted with those. But we weren't quite sure how they viewed the Empire. They don't want to be told what to do. They don't want to be in prison. They don't want yes. to be decommissioned, obviously. But it's more than that now. Now they're starting to see the bigger picture and they realize that something is not right. Something's not right. All their comrades have been, you know, brainwashed. It is causing them to look at everything differently. And I'm hoping we continue to move in that direction. Oh, yeah. And that, that phrase that keeps getting repeated well, it started off with uh, crosshairs, and now we're seeing it with Wrecker. The term of being a good soldier, you know, the, the, and and that's the phrase that keeps getting repeated to all the clones. Hey, good sh- good soldiers follow orders. Good soldiers follow orders, and it's a simple simple order. And it's amazing to me that basically you can take something so simple that could be looked as something good because yeah good soldiers follow orders they should that you you have to follow orders that's okay but you could twist it and all of a sudden manipulate it into this very sinister idea of brainwashing and that whole scene with wrecker just was had me on pins and needles because i'm like oh man is wrecker really going to be turned because we know that his inhibitor chip is damaged. We've seen it the last couple episodes, but now it's gotten worse. The thing that that, that I, I was really worried about was as a fan watching it, I'm a, I was watching it and then in the behind Hunter, you see Wrecker just standing there and he just has like this blank expression on his face. And I'm like going, I wonder if they're going to next episode, we're going to see him finally the inhibitor chip is going to take over. It has to. Because that's what they're aiming for. All right. So let's get into this episode officially here. The episode title, Decommissioned, directed by Nathaniel Villanueva and written by Amanda Rose Munez. The synopsis. Sid hires the Bad Batch to retrieve a separatist tactical droid for its battle intel. Before it is destroyed at a Corillian decommissioning site, they encounter police droids guarding the facility, as well as Trace and Rafa Martez, who are also after the droid. Okay, so let's talk about this mission the Bad Batch were sent on. So Sid sends the Bad Batch crew to a Corillian decommissioning site to retrieve a tactical droid. (laughs) I love that callback. Well, this part is pretty interesting because it was revealed that we might have heard this before in other shows or books or comics, but it really doesn't matter. It was revealed that they are currently in high demand due to the knowledge they gained during the Republic Separatist War. Yeah. But as we know, the Empire is in the middle of purging everything. 
that's been established for years, years. now, destroying and shutting down anything connected to the separatist droids or anything that could serve as evidence against the empire and the actions that they took in order to gain control. And this makes the tactical droids a hot commodity. People want that data because apparently it, the knowledge it has, it it knows how to defeat clones. That's what they essentially said. They said that, it has the knowledge to defeat the clones yes. on how to defeat the clones. So obviously we're looking to turn the tides of the war here. And that's why Trace and Rafa and the introduction of, I'm assuming some version, some early version of the rebel Alliance. It all makes sense because this aspect that tactical droid being this hot commodity, it paves the way for Trace and Rafa to seamlessly enter into the fray the fray yeah and the thing is is not only not only are the tactical droids really important because they could destroy they they know how to defeat the clones but think about it they've been battling the jedis so they have information on the jedi knights so that would also explain why now i'm gonna just jump the gun and say that the person that they hinted at that rafa and and uh her sister we're talking to that's ahsoka and it's ahsoka and fulcrum when she assumes the the mantle of fulcrum the reason why ahsoka would want it not just because you know it's it's information to battle the empire but all those tactical droids have information on the jedis and ahsoka wouldn't want that getting out she would want she'd want to protect that because Aren't Think I, about but it. there are no Jedi to protect. So at least, uh, at least, we're assuming that ah- Ahsoka thinks that. I think it's solely, in my opinion, I think it's solely a way to strategize a plan of attack against the Empire. I'm thinking that the simple, the 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 most honest narrative that they can do is that. Is yeah. that now? Presumably, if you know, we can speculate here. Sure, that would actually make sense knowing ahsoka and who she is everything your stuff you were talking about about the jedi and not wanting to get that stuff out but even i would even say the empire themselves don't necessarily want any information getting out pertaining to the jedi because they're trying to snuff that flame they're trying out. to snuff the flame they're out. they're trying to get rid of that and the last thing they need is you know data on the jedi and also any data on inconsistencies of the war because we all know how bizarre it was that when you really think about it, if anyone wanted to start investigating how the war ended, it's very peculiar that someone assassinates the entire separatist group or leadership, and then they just turn the droids off right when they needed to. <laughs> then the Jedi are defeated, and then Palpatine takes the throne as the emperor. The entire thing feels very suspect. So the moment anyone starts investigating anything, this type of information is going to get out there. So the tactical droid aspect, I felt just it worked for this episode yeah and it was a nice way to bring trace and rafa back in to the show they were two characters that were introduced if people are not aware in the final season of clone wars yes now a lot of people complained about those episodes a lot people were disappointed with the opening like four or five episodes of the final season because They wanted action, 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 lightsaber battles, Anakin, Ahsoka. Uh, But their storyline wasn't truly 
understood by a lot of people. Not till the very end. I don't, David, I don't even think at the end they understood why we spent, you know, three or four episodes with Rafa and Trace because people were still complaining about it. I don't think people stop and think about the importance of those scenes. Yes. I mean, their storyline was so vital to fully understanding the way many viewed the Jedi many at that Jedi. time. And it helped with taking an idea like the Jedi losing their way and making it more tangible by contrasting them with Ahsoka's actions. Yes. And it, it, it also helped their story help push Ahsoka's story forward. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, because it made us understand that she is actually the perfect specimen of a Jedi. Of a Jedi. That yeah. was the entire point of those characters. And the fact that people complained about their story, I was flabbergasted. And I get it. It wasn't Jedi, and I'm one of those Jedi babies. I want lightsabers. (laughs) I want Sith. I want Jedi. That's my thing. But it doesn't mean I'm not going to enjoy a series that's trying to build to something. And that's why I love that element, especially when it got to the end. And I'm like, okay, this really works for Ahsoka's story. So to connect those characters with Ahsoka in this way, it, it made a lot of sense. And needless to say... I mean, just like you had mentioned a few moments ago, I knew the moment Trace and Rafa made their appearance, there would be allusions to Ahsoka <laughs> or possibly yes. the beginnings of Fulcrum. And, That's what I thought. And possibly the Rebel Alliance, because there's no reason to put Trace and Rafa in this episode unless they're going to be the bridge to Ahsoka. Especially when Hunter was, kept questioning them, well, why are you guys doing this? Right. And then in the end, they basically say that they're working for someone who needs this information to fight the Empire. Right. And uh, automatically, as soon as they said that, I'm going, okay, we are either going to see Ahsoka or we'll see Rex. It makes sense to see Ahsoka. I think both, because she also seemed to be very familiar with clones Clones. recently. Like, and I'm not talking about run-ins with the Empire clones 2.0. I'm thinking Rafa and Trace are not just working with Ahsoka, but also Rex. Because Ahsoka and Rex, this is the aftermath of Revenge of the Sith. They're probably still with each other. And if that's the case, then it would make perfect sense for her to say what she said about clones. The only only thing they have to be really careful with, though, because you got to remember, in Rebels... It's alluded that Ahsoka and Rex stayed away from each other for some time. Well, they could still get there. You got to remember, this is only like, what, weeks, maybe maybe a couple months after the fall of the Jedi and the Republic. So we still have 18 years until Rebels. That is true. Even if Rex was around for five years and then he disappeared for 12 off on Jupa planet. I don't think that would mess up the idea. Do you? No, I don't think that would mess up the idea. I would want it to mess up the idea, but I don't know. You know, I feel that basically maybe Filoni will fix that because the idea of Rex, Wolf and Gregor just dis- disappearing and going to Jupa. <laughs> to Jupa. Dude, I think it's the, we, we very seldom make fun of an ongoing bit when it comes to anything Filoni has done in the world of Star Wars, but that Jupa aspect. <laughs> and also, I, listen, I don't actually blame 
baloney for Jupas, I blame Justin Ridge. Because <laughs> that was literally the first episode. Oh my he, God. Yeah, you're he right. did as showrunner. You're right. It yeah. is Justin Ridge's first episode. So it's the same man who came up with the screaming and the falling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're right. So. Yeah, so all of this would make sense. Them working with Ahsoka and Rex, I think, is pretty obvious. Uh, they ended, you know, they ended up truly, or I should say Trace and Rafa, ended up truly trusting Ahsoka by the end of Clone Wars. Yeah. And they even stated that she acts the way all Jedi should. Should. Yeah. That was one of the coolest moments of the last. I remember me and you covering that, and that was like the culmination of basically saying, yes. Ahsoka is the perfect Jedi. Well, and doesn't that actually work? When you look at how Trace and Rafa were introduced in Clone Wars, uh, they disliked the Republic because they didn't feel like the Republic was doing what they should to protect their people and to take care of. They weren't, they, what was it? I forgot exactly. They felt they were, okay. They were disenfranchised. They were disenfranchised because you got to remember their family was murdered. Yeah. They were disenfranchised. They felt like the Jedi were not the heroes that people make them out to be that when you live in the bottom levels of Coruscant, you are forgotten. Only you only matter if you live in the upper tiers. And because of that, it just sowed a bit of, you know, not, it sowed seeds of ill will Yeah, when it comes to, or when it came to how Rafa and Trace felt against not just the Jedi, but the Republic. But now that Ahsoka is fighting the powers that be, and according to Rafa and, Tra- and Trace, she is how Jedi should be. Should be. It would actually make sense that they would join the fight with her. Yes. And that's why I'm happy to to see them because it shows a plan. It shows a plan and it shows that, Baloney will never forget his characters. That's why, you know, like the greatest mystery of all, of, of all Star Wars fans for this era is where's Ezra and Filoni. We know we're comfortable with the fact that Filoni is going to come out with the story sooner or later of where Ezra, where, where Ezra and Thrawn are. Yeah. And he's letting him sit for a while. He's letting him sit, but he's letting him sit to wait for the time when he can tell that story. Yeah. So, Dave, we are definitely working on something big here. Uh, we are on episode six, so I feel like we now need to really start veering into that territory. Uh, typically, Filoni and his team, they do like to slow burn the fuck out of us oh, yeah. until yeah. the last four or five episodes. <laughs> and by the way, listen, I'm getting antsy as well, but it doesn't mean I'm not enjoying every single episode oh, because there's nothing yeah. wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it. I mean, things are getting lined up. If I didn't see the breadcrumbs that Filoni's dropping literally in every single episode, then I would be like, okay, where is this story going? Because that's how I felt many times when I was watching The Mandalorian. Yeah. Every episode was was fun. It was true Star Wars escapism, but I failed to see what they were really working towards because you would go four or five six episodes without anything really relevant for the big story in that first season. In the second season, they did a little better, you know, reminding us of this, this evolving story. But this is typical of Filoni produced Star Wars. We get those slow burns and then those last four or five episodes, things go nuts. And things yeah, go crazy. Because he's this, he's perfected the art of that type of storytelling too. So, I mean, that's why, and if this was anybody else, if this episode was done by any other team, I would be all over it and basically saying, hey, knock it off, get to your point. 
But but we see it. But we see it. You just have to look for it and be yeah. patient. You have to, especially with how Filoni tells his stories, he likes to take his time. So we need that as well, Dave, because again, let's use exhibit A, Dave, Rafa and Trace. People complained. Why are we with them for four episodes? Well, fuck. At the end of that fourth episode, you see exactly why we were with, with them. them. So if anything, have have has Dave Filoni not earned our patience? We know he's going to work towards something great. Yeah, we know that. It's all here. In fact, if you look at everything that's happening, think about this, Dave. Now, six episodes in, right? Not only do we have Rafa, Trace, and Ahsoka, that whole thing. Yeah. But we also have Wrecker teetering on the edge. We also have Finnick Shand and whoever her client is. Yes. We have the crosshair scenario and the Omega mystery. Oh, and you're forgetting. That's a lot. And you're forgetting for just six episodes. You're forgetting also they in the one episode they introduced the fact the one narrative that we know is going to be covered is Rex's story that he's going around and trying to f- get all his brothers back. Well, they do you think that's actually gonna, okay? But that's not really relevant to the. Do you think that's going to be a, a thing? I, I don't I think, know. Do you I think, think that's going to be relevant to this season? Because I'm mentioning things that are actually relevant, not necessarily Easter eggs or passing comments. The more it's going on now, especially with Wrecker and Crosshairs with their storyline, mm-hmm. I think that's where Rex's story comes in. Because you like, think Rex will be the one possibly to help Crosshair? And, to help Crosshair and Wrecker and, Wrecker and okay. make sure that the Bad Batch stay together. Okay, I can see that. But that also goes, I would say that would go along with the Wrecker and Crosshair scenario. So either way, let's throw Rex in there as well, because I don't disagree. He's probably going to have some point to play when it comes to this story, because all roads do lead. Not at him necessarily, but right next to him. Right he next could to easily him. step right into that path. It would work. But Dave, all of that stuff, all of that in six episodes that were 30 minutes long. <laughs> that's how you fucking write TV. That's how you write TV. Yeah, I love the way. Baloney and his team of writers work. Well, I have get, no problem with it. The thing I keep telling people is like, you guys got to understand they've had over a decade of doing this. They mastered this. And also apparently he's been working on this story since 2016. Oh yeah. Because like he worked with it originally with Lucas. We know that him and Lucas talked about the, the bad, bad batch concept definitely was a Lucas and Filoni thing. And Filoni yeah. thing. So yeah. this was, uh, this is something that's been brewing for some time yep. and it, it it just it is one of those things that I keep pointing at and it says why cannot why can why can't we give the creative team for for Filoni's crew a shot at another project that's live action and not anime yeah and or a- animated because Listen, like Dave, if we're getting the Ahsoka series we're getting the Ahsoka series but I don't even know who's going to be covering that what do you mean who's going to be covered? I don't, uh, I don't know who the creative team is it's behind It's Filoni. Are, are you like just Maybe. now coming in? Are you new to the show? Well, here's the thing. Maybe. It's, David, you and I have been talking about it since it was announced. That I know. he is the showrunner of the, of the series. But Mike, you think we, also, change? 
We also thought resistance was supposed to oh, be baloney. Now, now I get what you're saying. <laughs> That's what because, I mean. Okay, because resistance was also said to be baloney. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and then suddenly Justin Justin shows up and says, "Hey, everybody, how's it going? I'm going to be the new showrunner." Yeah. Well, that didn't work <laughs> out very well. But also, why did Filoni back away? Do you remember he backed away because Clone Wars got greenlit, the final season. That is true. So he isn't. He doesn't have the habit of, all right, guys, later. <laughs> later. <laughs> so, all right, Dave, why don't you give me your final thoughts and your RMD score? My RMD score for this one, let's start with that. I'm giving this a solid 90. While I basically, throughout this episode of stating, it is a slow burn. You know, I would like to see them get, uh, get pick up the pace. I already know that they're going to pick up the pace in the next episode. So then I have to take a step back and say, okay, overall, how was this episode? It was very entertaining. I love the continuation of the Wrecker storyline because it's building that tension up that basically, are we going to lose Wrecker? And he's becoming, I've been noticing that Wrecker out of all the crew, everyone is uh, gravitating more towards Wrecker than any of the other Bad Batch. And that could be a really sad moment when Wrecker's inhibitor chip, you know, activates and suddenly he chooses to be with crosshairs, which I think is the end game or not the end game, but the midway point where we're going to see, like what I said, the storylines of Rex and crosshairs. Well, you did see. Okay, so there was a moment in the episode where Wrecker heard Crosshair's voice. Yes. Which I thought that was kind of strange because why is he hearing his voice? So if there's going to be some type of connection with him or it was just simply to sell an idea that he is slowly, you know, losing the battle to this broken inhibitor chip. Yeah, because like the the phrase that keeps getting repeated is good soldiers follow orders. Yeah. I don't know. Every time I hear that, I hear good girls take their clothes off. I don't know why. You know that's from Aladdin. Yes. That's that secret line that people have interpreted. If you, if you watch Aladdin, the cartoon from the, what the nineties, it sounds like he's saying a bunch of gibberish. But then when you really pay attention, he's saying "good, good girls, girls take, take their clothes off. off." So every time I hear "good soldiers follow orders," I don't know why, but "good girls <laughs> take their clothes off" take clothes immediately off. enters my head. Oh I have no God. idea why. Because it's a bit of subliminal message that's just been implanted. In Maybe that. that's what it is. All right. So you're giving this a 90% Dave? A 90%. It's a really, it's still a really great episode. And the series so far, I have yet to see a bad episode. All right. So I'm going to give this an 87%. I think it's a very strong episode. Um, and I do agree with you, Dave. Sure. There, I, I am a fan of the slow burn that not a lot of directors and writers and and showrunners, they're not great when it comes to slow burn. It's like, oh, no. it's a slow burn. I'm like, no, dude, you just suck at writing a story <laughs> right. and, you're, and your plot sequence is fucked. And your pacing is and atrocious. You, yeah, that's not slow burn. That is shitty writing. Baloney actually knows how to slow burn the fuck out of us. And it yeah. works. However, moving into the second half of the season, we do need to light the, the fuse. Just yeah. a bit. Let, let's uh, bring up the level of intensity a bit more. And I have a feeling that's exactly what we're about to see in these next few episodes, especially when you honestly, Dave, can they really introduce anything else at this point? They have so much introduced that Filoni and Corbett 
are juggling all these things right now that if they introduce anything else other than giving us elements that flesh out what's already been introduced or shed a light on a scenario that we have been waiting to see. I I don't think it's smart. I don't think they will. I think this is it. Ahsoka's reveal at the end of this episode, which again, we're all pretty positive. That was a pretty positive as Ahsoka. That was the end of introductions. I have a feeling the rest moving forward is going to be about fleshing out all those moving parts. Cause there's a lot, there's a lot to work with. So 87%, I'm really excited for this series. And every Friday morning, I do not start work until after I watch the episode. That's right. 87% and 90. Not a bad RMD score. All right. I do want to thank everyone for listening. And remember, you can find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Digital. Pledge a few bucks. If you pledge $3 or more a month, you'll gain access to our pre-shows that we do before every single regular discussion and also we do an additional two episodes a month for our patreon subscribers so help us and help yourself out patreon.com slash rainman digital thank you david thank you may the force be with us oh yes